you, Lord Jesus. You are the one who fought on our behalf and has won the victory and has given us the victory and told us to go, go and continue fighting this fight that's already been won. Continue proclaiming the victory. Continuing to see the realm of darkness pushed back by shining your light, life, and love. Father, I pray that you would give us a mission mindset that every one of us who are children of God would go into this darkened world and we would continue to light it up. Lord, give us a mentality of, uh, of a child of God that we have been set free and now are on a mission to help others get free. Lord, we recognize the, the role of a champion is, is the one who fought for the many. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you fought the realm of, of death the realm of darkness, the realm of division, you fought it and you won. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And now, Lord, we just fight from victory. We fight from victory, proclaiming the good news that Jesus Christ has come and he has won. Lord, give us this mission mindset. Give us this spirit that not only am I a son of God, but I am now on mission, co-missioned with Christ to help others come into relationship with God. Helping them get whole and healed and delivered and restored. Thank you, Lord. You have called us into this task and what a glorious task it is. Ain't nothing better or more fun on the planet <laughs> than cooperating with you, King Jesus being used as an instrument for your glory and kingdom growth. Be glorified today, Jesus. It's in that great name we pray. Amen. 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 We are going through a series that I'm calling Voice the Vision in which uh, the Lord has given us direction as a church as to well, the, the, the things that we must be focusing on. And there are five uh, things that come out of a Luke 4 passage, Luke 4, 18 and 19. We keep repeating it every week. When Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to uh, bind up the brokenhearted, that would be soul care, and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Captives, what are we talking about with captives? These would be those who are in spiritual bondage to the dominion of darkness. And so today we're going to be talking about the demonic and uh, some I understand don't uh, know much about it. That's okay. That's why we come and we learn from the scriptures. Amen. Uh, but what you, you should not do is just deny it. Uh, that, that blissful ignorance is not so blissful. <laughs> uh, you can get out there and, uh, and deny semis and get flattened. And just because you deny it don't make it real. Uh, it doesn't make it not real. And so we want to look at a few verses of Scripture. I have more Scriptures in today's sermon than I think I've ever had before in any of my sermons because I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to hear from the Word of the Lord. So, Sister Megan, let's skip that first one and let's jump right into the second one. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 32, As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never like this in Israel. 
So I just, I'm going to, we're going to just go through all of these verses of Scripture, but I do want to point out real quick that I'm, I've uh, discussed this before. We're going to do it again. Maybe this is your first Sunday here. But the five things that are mentioned in Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19 is first, we need to see people get saved. We need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and see people get saved. And so there's five things. Number one, people need to get saved. Number two, they need to get their soul healed. They need to be made whole in their soul, all right? And so your soul is your mind or intellect, your emotions, and your will. And uh, some of us have old wounds in our thinking or old wounds in our feelings, and, and we got to get that healed up, amen? So that would be, he, he said that I am here to heal the brokenhearted. Number three, we need to get them delivered. And this is what we're talking about today in that they need to be set free from the dominion of darkness. So as we go back to somebody getting saved, even though they got saved, now their spirit has been redeemed. If they are still continuing in the habits that they formed when they weren't saved, we got to get you out of that. Because you are under the dominion of darkness. And so does that make sense? Does anybody uh, recognize how easy it is that we fall into habits? How many of you are sitting in the exact same seat you sat in last Sunday? Raise your hand. Don't lie. That's something else we've got to break you out of. Sorry. Some of you are not raising your hand, Carrie Harris. You better raise your hand. I know you sat there. Not only last Sunday, last month and last year. <laughs> uh, we are creatures of habit. And if you haven't broken away from the habits that were over here on the wrong side of salvation, then maybe we need to help you break free from that. So saved, whole, delivered, healed, physically, said restore sight to the blind, and then restored. And we're going to cover those next in the next weeks. And so as we looked at that verse of scripture, let's throw it back up there one more time. What you're seeing is that sometimes your physical healing is actually demonically influenced. And they went out, behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon possessed. He couldn't talk. He was physically unable to talk. And when the demon was cast out, he spoke. Multitudes marveled and said, he's never seen like this in Israel. Let's just keep rolling. And when he had, heard, and he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. You see in it? And as you go preach saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. And Jesus rebuked the demon, came out of him, and the child was cured, there again, from that very hour, this is one who was having seizures, falling into the water, falling into the fire. Jesus cast out the demon, he's healed. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness, preaching in baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And so they went out and preached that the people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Luke chapter 10, I believe, is next. Let's look at this one. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen? So if you came in here and didn't believe that there was such a thing as a demon, well, uh, I'm not going to go through all that again, but we preach this and teach this often that there is a demonic realm, and it's very, very, very real. It's very, very real. And it's actually very powerful, uh, but just know this, there's greater power in Christ Jesus who dwells in you than the power of all the demonic realm all put together. Amen? Amen. Scriptures tell us that the power of the Holy Spirit, the very same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave, lives within us. Amen. And so just don't be scared. 
C.S. Lewis said there's two wrongs that can be create that that can happen when uh, with this subject of the demonic. Number one, the first wrong is uh, that you just don't believe it in it at all. You just disregard it altogether. C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest theologians, very respected, he said you just disregard it altogether, and and that would be called ignorance. You just some are willfully ignorant. I just don't want to believe it because it's too scary to think of that. I just don't want to believe it. Well, you cannot believe it. It's still very real. And the other one, he said, is to think that everything's a demon. And I know the, uh, this, is, this is also, you can get so fixated that everything's a demon. Then, and here's what happens when you think that everything's a demon. You're not responsible for anything. That's right. <laughs> you know, what was the, uh, the devil made me do it. You're not responsible for anything. So you can be over, you can be ignorant or over fixated with it and that there's a demon under every rock and everything that ever goes wrong in my life, a demon did it. No, it could be that you did it. Could be that your flesh. Here's what a, a, a great pastor, Pastor Jack Hayford said this. You cannot cast out the flesh and you cannot discipline a demon. You have to cast out the demonic and discipline your flesh. And so both need to take place, and, and both of those will, will work uh, together when you understand where things are coming from. Let's continue. I want to look in, uh, in, in this passage of Scripture, uh, Ephesians. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at a lot of verses today. Verse 1 says this, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. That's when you were spiritually born again. Remember, you have... You have, you're a three-part person. I'll just keep repeating this. You're a three-part person. And here's why I keep repeating this. Because it takes repetition for me to understand something, for me to, to, to learn something. But here's the other part. There's new people here every week. Every week, new faces. And, and, and this is a spiritual principle that when you understand this, it will make so much, uh, you, you'll just gain so much ground, so much more scripture will make sense to you when you understand this. As a as a person, a human being, you have a body. You are not a body, but you have a body. When the body dies, you still, you still live because you are a soul. Your body has the five senses, taste, touch, smell, sight, sound. Your soul has three, your intellect, your emotions, and your will. But until you've been born again, you're spiritually dead. You're dead in your trespasses and sin, the scripture says. And so you must be born again. So we must preach the gospel that Jesus Christ came that we might be born again. So therefore, you have a body, you are a soul, and you're spiritually dead until you're born again. The body is the center of world consciousness. You recognize that the world exists because you see it and hear it and all those things. The soul is the center of self-consciousness because you think and you feel you know you exist. But the spirit is the center of God consciousness, and you don't even know God until you're born again. You can't understand the scriptures. You can't hear from God. Your prayers are just kind of null and void. You just don't understand because you've not been born again. I've, I've, I've seen several 80-year-old people who have been in church their whole life, reading the scriptures their whole life, get saved to say, oh my goodness, I've been reading it and not understanding it all these years. Yeah, but now you're born again. Now you've been spiritually re renewed and redeemed and, and, and remade. All right, so here's how we break this down into two, body, soul, spirit. If this soul chooses to walk in this direction that is walking in the flesh, if I choose this direction, I'm walking in the spirit. 
Y'all, y'all track with me? Everybody got real quiet. So when you see the scriptures talking about walking in the spirit, here's what the pastor says. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? This over here, as a Christian, maybe I've been born again, but I live in this manner. That is called carnality. Carnality. But I'll, if I live in this manner, in fellowship with my heavenly father, I am walking in the spirit. You're learning things today. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. You've been born again. In which you walked according to the course of this world, according to who? The prince of the power of the air. Y'all know who he is? That's the devil. That's Satan, the accuser, the liar, the father of lies, the one who only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. But God who is rich in mercy. I need to back up. I need to back up. Verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, everybody catch that? Spirit, who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now, let me just break this down real quick. We are going to talk about Satan, the devil, the accuser, as if he is personally working on me and you. But I can promise you, I am not that important. Remember, here's how, here's how the demonic realm came to be. It was an angelic realm, and God created all of these angelic beings. And these beings, uh, they, don't, they don't reproduce. He produced them once, and they are eternal beings until, they are, until God says no more. And so these, uh, these angelic beings, one of them uh, was like he was uh, very blessed with beauty and, and talent. His name was Lucifer, an angel of light. He was pretty proud of himself and thought he would overthrow heaven, and he rounded up a third of the angels to help overthrow heaven and, and elevate himself above God. His name was Lucifer. God cast him out of heaven with those third angels, third of the angels, and now we know them as demons. So, now, I don't know if you're real good at ciphering, but here's how the math works. If one-third was on the bad side, that leaves two-thirds on the good side. They're outnumbered two to one. Amen. That's good math right there. That's good. So, so just recognize this is how this works. They are a created being. God is omniscient. He knows everything. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. God is omnipresent. He can be all places at all times. Satan is none of those things. He's none of those things. He can only be in one place at one time. He can't know everything. He it, it's just recognize that. He's a creator. This is not a battle between equals. It is the creator over a created one who went haywire. And so, uh, just, just understand that because it's going to come back into play. And so, let's get back to the scriptures. Uh, he says, he talks about him, uh, the prince of the power, verse 2, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. When we talk, talk about Satan as if he personally is, is messing with you and me, it's, it's some of his order and rank. Just know that the demonic realm is an army. And they're organized, and they're pretty good. But, but that's, that's who we're talking about. Now, move on. I like, I like the big butts of the Bible. Amen? Anybody with me now? <laughs> Some of y'all don't know how to take me. Y'all just like, this is church. I can't laugh. <laughs> this is, you can laugh. We, Christians ought to have more fun than anybody. 
So here's one of the big buts of the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God. Everybody say, but God. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now the demonic realm that used to be the angelic realm that was cast out of the heavenly places, they don't like that. Are you with me? Can you see now why they want to bring hell to your life? You have been elevated as a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you need to get there today. We have been elevated into the heavenly places. The demonic realm have been cast out of the heavenly places. And so they want to suppress the kingdom of God. And here's how they suppress the kingdom of God. They suggest to me and you sins. They suggest it. We call it temptation. We're tempted. And when we fall into temptation, which means we agree with it, when we walk into that temptation, then it can open up all kinds of of doors. And I do not believe that a Christian can be demon-possessed because basically possession is like putting a glove on a hand and, and that demon would be like the hand and it's just operating you. You have no control over your life. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, you can't be possessed, but you can for sure be oppressed. You can be oppressed. You can be harassed. You can have all kinds of hell unleashed on you, child of God. And so they will suggest, and then when you come into cooperation or agreement with it, well, you just open up a door for the enemy to come and, and, and bring hell into your life, into your family, into your home. In, in Genesis chapter 4, you know the story. Cain and Abel, they go and they, they perform a, a, an offering unto the Lord. Cain's was not right. And when God let him know it's not right, he gets mad. Get all sold up, lip pooched out. God comes and has a personal visit with Cain. Why are you so upset? Will you not, if done right, be accepted by God? And then here's what he says. Sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Just think on that. Man, what a powerful statement. God says sin is just ready for you, and just recognize that the dominion or the domain of darkness just wants you to crack the door open, and he's coming in. He just wants you to, sin lies at the door, and its desire is to rule over you, but you must rule over it. That's, this is all it's about. The two realms, the realm of darkness, death, and division, versus the realm of light, life, and love. The kingdom of darkness over dominion of death. I mean, the kingdom of light over dominion of death. Now, let's get back to verse, uh, um, let's move on to the next one. What is the next one? Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 26. Now, as I'm teaching on this principle, just know that I've got about months' worth of teaching that I'm cramming in a 25-minute message. So it's going to feel like I'm hopping around, but check this one out. Chapter 4, verse 26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. I need you to think with me for a second. As Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, great church. He's writing to the church in Ephesus and is teaching them spiritual principles. He says, you used to live in darkness. Don't do that anymore. 
You've been set free from the domain of darkness, and so don't do that anymore. But then he's also saying, be careful that you don't crack the door open. And he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. We, we practice this uh, in our relationships. If you don't practice this in your relationships, here's what happens. You get hacked off. Let's, let's just bring it home to everybody. Let's bring it to your household. I, I taught this on Wednesday night. Everybody had a great laugh at my expense, but, but let's just bring it to your household. You and your spouse have it out. Y'all get mad at each other. You ever heard the, the saying, don't go to bed angry? Yeah, that's a good, it comes from this passage of scripture. What happens when you get mad at somebody and you sleep on it? You spend the night under the counsel of the accuser of the brethren. You spend the night dwelling on it, thinking on it. Man, you have now built a story in your mind. This is why they did it. This is what you're going to do about it. You have, you have spent the night under the counsel of the accuser of the brethren, of the father of lies. Let's read it again. Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. What does it mean? Go get it settled before you sit there and dwell on it. Nor give place to the devil. Because when you get angry and you are working over here in the flesh, you will crack that door open and it will come right on in. Y'all with me? Nor give place to the devil. I am a conservative at reading my Bible, which means I believe it says what it says. Not everything is an allegory. Not everything is, is meant to be, oh, that's not what it really means. No, that's exactly what it really means. That's exactly what it means. It, you give place to the devil. Another translation says you give him a foothold. Those of us who've messed with horses, we know exactly what a foothold is. We call it a stirrup. Stirrup does a couple things. Number one, it helps you get on. And you give the devil a stirrup, you give him a foot up, he'll ride you like a yard dog. And it, and it also helps you stay on. That's what stirrups do. You give the devil a foothold. You give him an opening. He comes in. He, a foothold then becomes a stronghold. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a fortress. And here's how this fortress is built. And here's where it's built. It's built in your mind. This is the battleground of your mind. And the demonic realm is, a, is fighting you in your thoughts and imaginations. We'll get to that verse in just a second. But in your mind is this battleground. You allowed him in. He begins to counsel you in his ways. And then he begins to build this stronghold or fortress one belief at a time. Man, he's just building up one belief at a time. Here's how this works. A word repeated becomes a thought. A thought repeated becomes a belief. You just keep thinking it over and over again. And at first you questioned it. But now you just keep thinking it. And now you believe it. A belief repeated enough times will turn into an action. You're going to act it out. An action repeated enough times will become a lifestyle. And a lifestyle, if it's not in the ways of the Lord that has been repeated, can become bondage. You don't want to be in bondage. You don't want to be under the dominion of darkness. Even as a Christian, you can be in bondage when you have submitted your mind to the ways of darkness. So as a Christian, you've been born again. Let's get you out of those habits that you formed before you were born again. Let's get you out of those habits that continue to having you going in circles in the realm of darkness. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's look at uh, chapter 6, verse 12. We're going to actually back up to verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Y'all catching it? People are not my problem. People are not my problem. What is operating them can be my problem. Now, sometimes people are a bit of a problem <laughs> because people have free will and, and, and they will use their free will to, to be a problem. But there, he said, our real serious fight is in the spiritual domain. It's in the spiritual realm. <clears throat> now, I, I would rather, this is, I know this sounds crazy to you, but I would rather deal with a demon than I would a person. And I do it in this sanctuary often. And here's why. A demon has to obey me. People don't. <laughs> and they don't. Uh, <laughs> there, there's been occasions right here in this sanctuary that uh, I'm hearing something going on. And I recognize, ooh, there's somebody under the influence. This has happened just not too long ago, about a month ago. Something was going on. I recognized, oh, they're under the influence. And, and while worship was going on, I'm hearing what's coming out of their mouth. And, and sometimes I recognize, that's just fleshly. And at this moment, I recognize that's spiritual. And so no one could hear me because I'm sitting right here. And, and I am... Uh, I am speaking, and I'm going to come back to why I speak it. I am speaking, and I say, you shut up right now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority to speak here. Yes. Now, here's what happened. I recognized this human was being under the influence. He was under the operation of, an, of a, a spirit. And you know, when I said that, that was the length of my prayer, and he shut up instantly. I've been listening to this, some of this stuff going on for a few days now. And when I recognized the source, I said, stop it now. And it stopped. Right. Stop. Done. This is the power that you have as a child of God under the authority of Jesus Christ within the will of God. You, it's for real. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I didn't have a problem with the dude. He's a good dude. But he was under the, su the suggestions of the enemy and we're cooperating with him. And when I said, shut up now. And see, I, mama was in the first service. She told me not to say shut up. She's gone now. She's in the sex <laughs> I can talk to the demonic like this. Shut up now in the name of Jesus. You don't have authority here. Now he, the individual, had given it authority because he had listened to the suggestions and cooperated with it. But I said, no, 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 no. So if you don't believe in this, just tell me. I can just tell you story after story after story after story. When I said, you don't have authority, be quiet. It done. I've been listening to this for days. It's happened actually some occasions on Sunday mornings when I said, I think we have an individual under the influence. And I gather up with some of my brothers and say, we're just going to take authority over that. And you know what? I never had to talk to the individual because it stopped instantly. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And child of God, you don't have to put up with it. When you, have, when you see something spiritual harassing your home, messing with your children, men of God, stand up and fight. So recognize, you don't have to just, just whine and pray. You know, some of our prayers ain't nothing but glorified whining. Begging and asking when God said, I gave you authority. Luke chapter 10, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And he's talking about not snakes and bugs. 
He's talking about the demonic realm. I give you the authority. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's the big ones, by the way. Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts that would be armies of wickedness in heavenly places. And again, they were in the heavens, the higher heavens with God. Now they've been cast out. They live in the lower heavens, the spiritual realm, and they're pretty mad about it. Because we have now been seated with him in the heavens, in the heavenly places. Amen? Amen. That's good stuff. If you don't like it, well, you'll get over it. James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 14. You think you can't be under the influence? Anybody in here? No, you won't say it. But you, you might think that you can't be under the influence. James 3. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Don't call it righteous indignation. Don't think that you, you, you are completely justified in your bitter envy and self-seeking. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual. What's that next word? Isn't it though? So I could tell you my, my opinions and I could teach you out of my thoughts, but let's just read the word. Child of God, you can be under the influence. The father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, when we begin repeating his words, you are in co-operation with the demonic. That's what we just read there. Don't, don't think that you, you're justified because you are co-operating with the demonic. All right, let's look now in 2 Corinthians. We, uh, we got a, a lot of material to cover in a short amount of time. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Look, 2 Corinthians chapter, some of y'all don't know that song. <laughs> 11.3. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Check this out. Who is the serpent? The devil, Satan. Y'all can speak to me. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds, where's the battleground? Your mind. So your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I love simple. I love simple. I live simple. I would rather just, I could just live in a cabin on a lake in the woods with a gun and a fishing pole. I love simple. I, I, love, I love peaceful and orderly. I love simple. And yet man can overcomplicate anything. And we overcomplicate a relationship with Christ. And it's like we're creating a new doctrine every day, a new rule every day, a new ritual every day, all in the name of religion. We, we, we overcomplicate this thing. It's not that complicated. He says, I'm afraid that Satan has so overcomplicated the simplicity of Christ. And then he goes on to say, for he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached or if you receive, catch this, he's talking to the church, a different spirit. Received a different spirit. Can a Christian be under the influence? Demonized is another good way to say it. He says, Paul's talking to the church and he says, I'm, I'm afraid that you come under the influence and you've overcomplicated the simplicity of Christ. And here's the simplicity of Christ. You don't have to know every line of every detail, you need to know Jesus. And the simplicity of Christ, you get as close to him as you can get, and the dominion of darkness will start to lose its grip. 
I'm telling you the truth. Break away from checklist Christianity. The book of Galatians is Paul writing to the church in Galatia saying, why are you going back into legalism? Why are you going back into religion when you've been set free by Jesus Christ? Why are you going back into checklist Christianity? There was a group of people called Judaizers, and they said, no, you can't just be a Christian. You need to first be a Jew to be a Christian. And so you've got to follow all the dietary laws. You've got to follow all the rituals. You've got to follow all those things. And so they were bringing them back into a, a, a uh, ritual rule religion. And Paul says in Galatians chapter four, 5, verse 1, he said, Do not surrender again to a yoke of bondage. A yoke of bondage. Your relationship with Christ shouldn't feel like bondage. It should feel like liberty. And the simplicity of Christ Jesus is when I'm walking with Jesus, I am living victorious. I'm living free. Free. I love being free. I love being victorious. And, and so it says, uh, I've, I've, I'm afraid that you're going to receive a different spirit. 11.4. For if he who comes preaching another Jesus whom you've not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you've not received, which spirit did they receive? The Holy Spirit. And he's afraid, I'm going, uh, he said, I'm afraid you're receiving an unholy one. Or a different gospel which you have not accepted. You may well put up with it. What does that mean? You might start listening to its counsel. You might start listening to its counsel. Let's, let's look here in chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Work, work, work. There it is. Let's skip that one. Let's skip that one. Let's go on to the next one. I, I got only a short amount of time. Chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You remember where I told you, carnal? It's over here in the flesh. Body, soul, spirit. Spiritual, carnal. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Spiritual hosts of weakness in heavy places. For the weapons that you have, Christian, are not behavior modification. Not three rules how to, collect, how to correct your life. They're not, y'all following me? Let, let me, let me, let me. Just 12 steps to being whatever. It's not carnal. It's not, you know what happens when you, behavior modification. Anybody, do y'all have trash compactors in y'all's house? I have trash compactors, my foot, I push it down. You know what trash compactor, behavior modification is a trash compactor. It just pushes stuff down. You know what happens when you push stuff down? It makes room for more stuff. More trash. And so the weapons that you have, child of God, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. I told you what a stronghold was. It was a fortress by which the enemy can fight you from. And where is it built? In your mind, belief upon belief. It's like brick upon brick upon brick. Wrong beliefs. Where do they come from? Listening to the counsel of the evil one. Now, let me just give you an example of it. I, I, I got to stop, but here's an example of it. When you believe, I don't really think there are demons. I think that we just are reading their best way to explain what was going on, and so they would just explain it with, with saying it was a demon. 
If that is so, what you have done is you have come into agreement with one of the greatest heresies of the church to date, and it's called progressive Christianity. And it is explaining away the truth of God's word saying, oh, that, it doesn't really mean what it says. No, it means what it says. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. In imaginations might be some translation. I like that one too. And every high thing, are y'all with me? We're going to end with this one. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Remember, Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. Come on, brother. Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. It, this domain of darkness wants to have dominion over you. It wants to bring you under its rule. And he says, no, you should rule over it. We go, we go all the way back to Genesis 4. He says, no, there are these imaginations. Take every thought captive. You need to know where those thoughts are coming from, and you need to take them captive. Come back into the simplicity of Christ. Amen? It's for real. We need to recognize that this dominion of darkness, it's for real, and you don't have to live in it. You've been given the authority to put that junk under your feet. Amen. Amen. Our praise team, I don't know, what you, you're the only one today? you the only praise team? I think they're coming. Uh, our praise team is going to be leading us in worship. And maybe you recognize, uh, I, I, don't have, I don't have the ability to get free. I've been fighting this junk my whole life. Well, guess what? It's a spiritual fight, not a physical one. And sometimes people need other people who understand this warfare to help them get free. Let's all stand together. Our prayer team is going to be at the front. And uh, maybe you need somebody to pray for you. Maybe you need somebody to pray for you. But we'd, we'd love to do that. The altar's going to be open. You are not meant to, child of God live under the influence you're not meant to child of God to cooperate with the domain of darkness you're not meant to Jesus didn't say I just come to get them ready for heaven he said no I come to get them saved whole delivered healed and restored all those things I care about he said I care about the total being everything about you and so let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for this time together today. I pray that you would move amongst us, that we would no longer be satisfied living under the influence. I pray, Lord, that you would move among us today and that we'd be free and help others to be free. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship as we sing. You move as God moves you.